0: Hi, and welcome to the Kelowna Girl Tries podcast. I'm Barb, and this is episode 95, Sunday, May 15th, 2011. Hope you enjoy it. is uh, scene 1, take 2, maybe take 3. It's just been too busy with uh, two weekends back-to-back racing in our family, and I've just really had a hard time getting a show out. Then I finally recorded something last Sunday, and I was all ready to put it up, and then I had some kind of computer glitch. Uh, I don't know why. Something changed to 8-bit instead of 16-bit. I think it's because I have way too full of a hard drive. Anyways, I ended up having to trash everything I recorded and here I am starting all over again. It's been like almost a month since I got a show out. So I think what I'm going to do, even though it's Friday, is I'm going to get one out tonight and then I'm going to get another show out Sunday or Monday, probably Monday because it's a long weekend for us and I'll kind of do two shows in one weekend and that'll be a bit of a catch-up because I got uh, Eric's race report, I've got my AICS race report, I've got a bit of a um, uh, injury medical update, I have a whole bunch of email, two voicemails, uh, some people's race reports, just tons of stuff to share with you and uh, plus you know like some actual information about uh, triathlon that might help you out with your races. So, uh, where to start? I think I, w- I want st- to just kind of go back and start from the beginning. And so I'm not going to do a race report right now for me. Uh, I haven't even put my race report up from my sprint triathlon, which I did do. I haven't even done it on my blog yet. But maybe by the time you listen to this, you'll be able to check my blog, see if it's there. Anyways, Uh, Medical and training Well my training was going really well over the last month I've had some issues with my shins off and on But they've been kind of mild And I've just cut back on my running a little bit But I managed to get a couple of long runs in I think the longest run I've done is an hour and 45 minutes I've slowly transitioned out of my orthotics And I've been running without orthotics pretty well steady now for the last month And uh, so, so far so good a little bit of AM pain and achingness on the ball of my right foot. Um, but uh, my chiropractor says that's just transitional and just, just because I'm doing foot running and I have no support in that area anymore, whereas I used to. So just a change that my feet just have to get used to, the t- muscles and tendons. So I'm counting on that to be true, hopefully. And uh, my shins, well, they're just kind of on and off. But to... Uh, as long as i don't run too much too hard too long i'm doing pretty well anyways finally got down if you check my blog you'll know this already but i finally got to see the sports medical guy um i've had this ongoing groin injury that's been bothering me quite a bit since uh, christmas and then I had the hip x-ray. It showed some mild degenerative osteo- osteoarthritis, but nothing outside of the norms for someone my age. Some small osteophytes, which are bone spurs in the hip, and they're not too big, which um, may or may not have been part of the problem. It's hard to say. So I went to see the sports medical specialist, and he did a bunch of uh, checking to see my range of motion, just tested a whole bunch of things, listened to my story. And he was almost immediately ready to give me a diagnosis. And then after he did a bunch of testing, he was pretty confident. He thinks I have a labral tear or a tear in the labrum. So what is the labrum, you say? Well, in the hip joint where the femur, the thigh bone connects into the hip joint, there is a coating inside the, I'm not sure if I know how to say, the whole hip joint is called the acetabulum. I don't know how to pronounce it. And then inside there is a layer of tissue that sort of allows the uh, femur to move on it. And I don't know if it's like tendon. Well, it's not really tendon. I I don't really know what it's made out of. Uh, And then, of course, the joint sits inside there and it moves back and forth. So um, if for some reason over a long period of time you could have a bunch of rubbing in there, a wear in there, um, or you can have a sudden injury. Either way, some of that tissue can get torn. You could have, um, the osteophytes could rub on it and tear it. Or the, um, it could just be from wearing and um, you could end up with bony protrusions. Well, I guess it's a bone spurs that uh, could be rubbing into it so that when you get into a certain position, it rubs right on there when it shouldn't. So the problem is, um, although he did tests of range of motion, and definitely there's one position I absolutely cannot do uh, without a lot of pain, um, he really thinks that's what it is. But the only really real way to test it is by having an MRI. Okay, so I live in Canada with our wonderful medical system. Everything is free for everybody. But, uh, you know, in BC... In some other provinces, the uh, provincial government has cut back severely on funding for our wonderful health system, which has caused big delays for anything that's not um, an emergency. So this would be considered um, somewhat elective to have an MRI because it's not a, a life and death situation. I don't want to say elective in that I don't have to have it, but... Um, and you know it's not critical, so I have to jump on the wait list. And they have cut the funding for the MRI machine that's in Kelowna. They'll only do fund two a day, and there's like a hundred people on the wait list. So I'm looking at likely about an eight month wait just to have the MRI and have this actually diagnosed. Then it gets worse. The um, if they decide that surgical treatment is the solution, then uh, I have to see a surgeon, and there is no surgeon in Kelowna who does uh, hip arthroscopy, um, which is like a knee scope, but it's in the hip. Now they used to not think they could do hip arthros- arthroscopy. I'm not sure if I'm even pronouncing that right, but uh, they've it is so it's relatively new. It's only been they've only been doing them for. I don't know how many years, but not very long. So there's not a lot of people that do it. There's a guy in Vancouver. There's a guy in Calgary. And uh, (laughs) the wait list to see the surgeon in Vancouver is three years. Three years. So in theory, it would be almost four years before I could get arthroscopy on my hip to have this repaired. That's just freaking ridiculous, isn't it? Now, I could get an MRI almost right away if I went to a private clinic. So, like, pretend I live in the States and just go pay for it myself. And it would be for the kind that I need with this injection of dye in my hip to be able to see it. It would be about $1,500. Um, I'm just not prepared to spend 1500 bucks on this. I just, I, well, I, I guess I could cancel some kind of fun thing, you know, like vacation this summer. Don't go to San Francisco or something. But, um... You know, I just, it's not going to happen unless I uh, fork over 1500 bucks. And the, that's the thing. The government wants us to move towards a private system. Our Canadian government keeps trying to push us into having a private system like the States. So they restrict funding. They let people who have money go pay for their own. And people who don't have money get on the on the wait list. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a two-tiered system. And then they tighten it, tighten it so that people are eventually willing to go and say, okay, we're going to, you know, move towards having privatization. And I'm really against that. But anyways, what can you say? Now, there is a slight chance that if um, it did show that I had a labral tear, and if they decided that having uh, a hip arthroscopy is called for, that I might be able to go to Calgary, and that's only an 18-month wait. So that's still like two years away, right? So what does that mean? Well, right now, I can run I can bike, I can swim. None of those things are really being compromised. I do feel some aching, some nagging, mild pain in my hip when I run and bike and swim. But it doesn't really, it's not affecting me and and stopping me from doing any of those sports. However, the doctor said over time, um, you know, it will worsen. And eventually, and he didn't say how long, I mean, it could be years. Eventually, um, if I didn't get it fixed, eventually I would you know, have to stop running and biking and who knows about swimming. So I guess I'm I'm scheduled or I'm on the wait list to be scheduled for an MRI and we'll take it from there and see what happens. Uh what else? So in the meantime, I am gonna continue with some physiotherapy because he said that's not a bad thing. I have to be careful with stretching. I have to be careful with the movement that I can't do which causes me pain. And that's some um, kind of lateral movement. So it was kind of funny because What I find is kind of hard is I can't really bring my left foot up and touch, like to get socks on and stuff like that. Sometimes it's a little bit dicey, I have to do it really carefully, so I can't really pull a sock on and push my foot into it. I also have a great deal of trouble pulling my wetsuit off my left foot. And I also have trouble throwing my bike, my leg over my bike. I have to kind of get over carefully because it just ends up, my knee ends up twisting a bit to the left. So it's little weird things like that. And then certain yoga positions I can't do at all. And I suspect I'm not going to be able to skate ski until I have this repaired. Which kind of sucks since I just bought my own brand new skate skis for my birthday. And I'm all set for next season. So I may not be able to skate skate ski for a couple of years. So I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, that's sort of where that is. So I'm just going to continue on as if it's not there. I am noticing more achiness, more mild, mild pain, um, over the last month or so. And, um, I just, I don't know, you just, I think I can just work my way through it. I'm not too, too worried about it. Besides, what are you going to do? I'm not going to just quit everything, right? I'm just going to keep on going. And I guess if it got really bad, suddenly started to be a big problem, I might go to, uh the clinic and get the MRI right away and get on a, waitlist for surgery faster if it seemed to be a bigger problem but i guess for now i'll just survive so anyways if you want to read more about what that exactly is and see some good pictures i have it on my blog on friday may 6th colonagirl.com to scroll down to one that said uh, time to update was the title and they got some i've got some pictures and stuff there and a link to see what it looks like okay so that's that uh at one point I had on the Facebook page had asked a couple of people, um, well actually asked on the Kelowna Girl Tries podcast page, page if anybody had any questions because I was looking for something to talk about and a bunch of people came up with some great questions but I, because I'm just sort of feeling so overwhelmed with the uh, stuff to do right now, I'm going to hold those off till my next show. So I will cover a bunch of good questions. Uh, I want to give a few shout outs. Too. Where's my email pile? Here we go. Michael. He just sent me some information about osteoarthritis. Gave me some ideas. Uh, and uh, he He's a doctor. He works in the ER, so he knows a bunch of stuff. Um, so I appreciate the links and things he gave me, which are great. And he said, use it or lose it. In other words, get out there and... and Swim, bike, and run because sitting, up on, sitting on the couch is only going to cause more aches and pains. Got an email from Bob, Bob F. He's on Twitter and on uh, Daily Mile. And he just said, uh, I just finished episode 94 on recovery and I wanted to share a recovery drink that I use that was recommended to me by my coach, Craig Moss. Um, and Craig Moss is Moss 23 at Twitter. It's the Kirkland or Costco brand of slim fast weight loss drink. We call it the Kirkland cocktail. It's got the proper four to one carb to protein ratio, comes in a can, doesn't need to be refrigerated, which is really handy because you can take it anywhere you want then. Um, Although he says it does taste better cold and it's fairly inexpensive. I guess for him, it's 15 bucks for 24 cans, probably a little more expensive here, but you never know. He says he keeps a couple cans in his running bag. Um, So that's a great idea. And uh, he also gave me a link to a website called Athletes Treating Athletes. And that's what it is. Athletes Treating Athletes. All one word. Dot com. And they're on Twitter as A underscore TX underscore A. He said there's lots of good info and videos on self-massage, foam rolling, trigger point stuff. Um, uh, somebody named Leah Boyle runs it and she was instrumental in his recovery from peroneal tendonitis and post tibialis before he ran the LA marathon last March. So she also encouraged him to seek out ART, which he did and it got him back to running in short order. So thanks very much for that information, Bob. That's great. Um, really helpful. Thank you. And uh, I did check out the website. It's pretty cool. So I bookmarked it. I like, and got an email from Reggie. Um, he's doing his first triathlon this year. So good luck, Reggie. Um, he enjoys both of the, uh, podcasts and like many of us he doesn't have anyone to talk to um, about triathlons so having uh he just f- enjoys the fact that having you know podcast or something to listen to it gives him information it's kind of like being able to have an opportunity to chat and he likes the name of the tr- the, the track that's at the beginning of the run try chat uh, podcast which is oh, now i'm having a mental lapse i can't remember what it's called so here and now is the one i'm doing at the end of my show. What have I got on there? Let me look. I have to go to the blog. Actually, and I'll just tell you, if you ever go to the blog, I always name the songs that I'm playing. So if you ever need to know, it is called here in, hope oh, that's, no, that's mine. <laughs> I clicked on the wrong link. And there it is. Ding, 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 ding. Blog. Oh, i terrible, aren't I? Talk about being organized. Oh, Own True Way by Great Big C. And I want to comment that C is spelled S-E-A, not the letter C. It's like the Great Big Ocean, Great, great Big C. So Own True Way is the opening tune of Run, Try, Chat podcast, which I did email them back and let them know. Got a great email from Arab and Trading. Or Sarah, I've been trading emails back and forth with her. She said uh, she had some problems with episode 93. So I don't know if anybody else uh, had any problems with it. You can let me know. If you ever have problems with any episode, let me know. Because if one person is, maybe others are. Um, she's looking forward to my race report. Oh, yeah. So she gave me a voicemail about the Adamo seat. And so I'm going to play that right after I read the rest of hers. Her, she said, next up for me, I have the Scandia Fun Run 5K on Saturday um, in Scandia, Minnesota. And then the New Bright Try on June 4th in New Brighton, Minnesota. I haven't been in the pool since last fall. <laughs> She's so like me. I was in like three times before my triathlon. And she said, I hope to get there at least once a week and next Once this week and next and maybe the following week so I can have at least three sessions in the pool. Not too worried about it except that it's been really freaking cold this year and my wetsuit is sleeveless and I expect the water temps are going to suck. It's kind of like you, 55 degrees swim. It's the bike that's so bad for me after swimming. Hands and feet get so cold it just can't warm up. So here's hoping for a warm day. You know, maybe Sarah by the time June comes around in a couple more weeks should give you a bit enough warm enough weather. So anyways, she's been running and swimming and... Viking, and good luck on your try. I look forward to hearing about it. It'll be the day before my half marathon. All right, and so I'm going to play her voicemail right now. And let me just pop it in right here. Hey Barb,
1: Sarah, Capricorn try girl from Saint Paul. I'm um, just listening to episode 93. I had some technical difficulties and I couldn't get it on my iPod. And I was listening to you talking about uh, the seats, and I haven't finished listening to the episode. Maybe you discussed it further, but yeah, the Adamo seat, I had those exact same issues. bought the Adamo seat, and I can actually stay in the aero position way longer than I ever could before, and uh, I'm wishing I had one, an Adamo seat on my road bike, too, because it is fabulous. There is no pressure where regular seats have pressure. So, I highly recommend it. Let me know what you decide to do or what you've done, because uh, everybody I've talked to absolutely loves it. So, that's all. Take care. Hey, by the way, really good job on your try this weekend. Second place, that's awesome. Cool. See you. Bye.
0: Okay, so thanks for that, Sarah. And uh, it just happens that our one of my bike stores in town here carries Adamo saddles, and they... Um, they have a, it's kind of like a trial period that Adamo actually has a test thing where you can, they give the store a bunch of, of, um, seats that you can, they can lend out. And so you can borrow one because, you know, you can't just ride one for one day and see what it's like. You got to ride it for a couple of days and or a couple of days, like probably I would think like maybe ride it for a week. I'm not going to bother until after my half iron. just I don't want to start fooling around with new saddles, uh, this close to my race. My, I've actually kind of adjusted now, um, since I got my bike fit adjusted, I, we lowered the seat, no, we didn't, we lowered the seat, what did we do? Oh, we, look, we raised the handlebars just a tiny bit. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. Um, kind of tweaked it and now it's really quite, quite good. Uh, uh, three hour for a ride. I am getting a little bit sore and I do have to make sure I have chamois cream, but uh, other than that, I'm okay. All right. Got an email from sweet daddy D. And he said, uh, "Well, he felt like he was kind of stuttering, stammering a little bit in the uh, voicemail. I think he sounds fine, but uh, his, but uh, here it is. I'll play that right now. And he's got a good question that hopefully I can help with an answer."
2: Hey Barb, this is uh, Doug Sweet Daddy D69 on Twitter. Um, I've got a question. Uh, being a newbie swimmer, and uh, I was going to ask. I'm I'm trying to swallow air in my mouth. I talked to this over with Megan and uh, Vegan Running Mom on Twitter, and she was kind of telling me, it's kind of like running, you, you exhale and you inhale, and so in between breaths, on your strokes, you're supposed to blow air out of your lungs so that way it gets them prepared to receive air, which is makes sense. I mean, uh, so is there any other tips that you could possibly help me with on my breathing? And uh, maybe your listeners also uh, will benefit from my question. Talk to you later.
0: Okay. So like he said in his email, he said he's having a hard time trying to get the breathing down. Um, he says he's holding his breath and he's swallowing air in the process. And, uh, Megan our vegan running mom suggested he blows air out before taking his breath. I need help. So, you know, um, Doug, this was the thing that took me the longest to get the hang of. And then once I had the rhythm, um, it was great. Like I feel really, really confident in it. And here's what I do. And I did email him because I didn't want him to have to wait too long because it was this was like um three weeks ago that he emailed me. But uh, here's what I do. And I don't know if this is the right thing to do, by the way, but this is what works for me. I do blow out through my mouth as soon as I start doing a stroke. Now, I found I hum when I'm blowing out. It's like I'm going, whoo, and I'm blowing bubbles it's kind of like I think I was sort of counting while I was doing it and I never even realized that I was humming until after a long time and then I thought oh my gosh am I making actual noise and then I I deliberately tried not and I've tried just blowing up but I can't do it without humming so I have to go "who" and actually say it <laughs> and so anyways maybe it's just because I got used to doing it so I don't know if humming helps or not but I'm, I I do three strokes before I breathe. It's called bilateral, bilateral breathing. And so that means I do three strokes. I breathe on one side. Three strokes, I breathe on the other side. And it's actually the best way to learn to swim because you do want to be able to swim and breathe comfortably on both sides. One side will be stronger than the other. It will be more comfortable. But if you do bilateral breathing, you get way, way, way more comfortable on the kind of, the difficult side which for me was my left um, but what happens is when you're in a race an open water swim race there's frequently there'll be you know um, waves coming or splashing or something and sometimes you just want to be able to breathe on the other side uh, and or maybe the side that you're you always breathe on is have big waves splashing and you're getting water in your face and you want to breathe on that side and if you can't breathe at all on the other side it just makes it a little bit more difficult um, it's not to say you can't, but it just, it's easier if you learn and practice sort of right from the beginning to do bilateral breathing. Okay. So when I do bilateral breathing, I go, I have three strokes. So I breathe out through my mouth for the first stroke and the second stroke. And you can even kind of count while you're doing it like, hoo, hoo, without totally stopping in between, but that's one stroke, two strokes. But then on the third stroke, as I'm going to start to turn my head now to breathe while that stroke is going on and I'm turning my head, if you turn your head sideways, the water starts going up your through your nose even though water's coming out of air is coming out of your mouth. So I switch and I start blowing out of my nose and I go, hmm, that's coming out of my nose. All right. So who, who, hmm. And I do it fairly forcefully out of my nose as my head's turning so that a couple of things. One, There's no way water can get up my nose, which makes me kind of sputter and choke. And two, I've gotten rid of most of the rest of the air by now, and I can take in a deep breath. Now, if you're kind of blowing air out of your mouth like you blow out a candle, you won't be blowing out so much that you have no air left. I take in a big deep breath when I take my breath in, and then I could probably take, I bet you I could take five or six strokes before I blow out all the air that's in my lungs. Okay, so don't, you're not just opening your mouth and just like, and you got nothing left. Don't worry about it. You kind of think maybe you're going to run out of air, but you don't. So you do two strokes. The third one, you turn your head and blow out of your nose. So who, who, hmm, mouth, mouth, nose, mouth, mouth, nose. Now, when you're trying to get coordinated in the pool, sometimes that's a bit much to be doing all that. So what I suggest you do is go to the edge of the pool, hang on to the edge. Bend down to put your face in the water. Doesn't really matter how deep it is, if it's deep water you can just lay on your lay on the water and put your face in the water and hang on to the edge. So you're not doing a stroke at all. And just put your face in the water and blow out and then turn your head to the right. And then blow out two breaths or two counts with your mouth and turn your head and blow out through your nose to the left. And just practice doing that, like practice for a long time till you start to feel a rhythm of it. Hoo, hoo, hmm, right. Hoo, hoo, hmm, left. And then, of course, when you get your head out of the water, you're taking a big breath in as you turn your face in. This way you've got nothing else to worry about except your breathing. Okay, And that might take a while to get the feel for it. Okay. What if you say no? No, I still can't do bilateral bilateral breathing. I can only breathe every second stroke, and I can't breathe, you know, you know on one side. Well, then do the, exactly the same thing, but just put it down to a two-beat pattern. Okay. So you blow blow out through your mouth for one, and then one stroke, and then the second stroke, you're turning your head to breathe, blow out through your nose. So it's who hm who hm. Of course, I forgot to take a breath in between would have been helpful who Hmm. <gasps> i was taking a breath in can you tell <laughs> okay <laughs> this is kind of hard to do you know when you're on a podcast and you can't really show anybody uh anyways practice 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 on the side then if you feel okay with that get a kickboard and maybe s- just swim holding onto the kickboard with your face in the water and and practice kicking and turning your head and blowing out and turning your head and blowing out you know And then when you think you can do that, um, you know, just sort of kind of work your way up to actually having everything going with the arms and the legs and, the, you know, and it just takes some time. The other thing that I found is even once I had that rhythm going of blowing out through my mouth and then switching to blowing out through my nose, even though I had that rhythm going, sometimes I would still end up taking in a bit of water or something. Or sometimes if I'm going too far I feel like I start getting phlegm stuck in my throat If I've been swimming for a long time And I want to cough or something I learned that you can actually cough And choke and stuff underwater I've I've learned that When I'm face down in the water And I'm swimming I can actually go <coughs> Underwater and nothing happens The stuff that's bugging me just comes out um, You know, like I can cough And get that itch and, Or that irritation out of my throat So, um you know, do practice coughing underwater. Um, you can usually, I I find that if I take in water by accident, I can deal with it while I'm swimming without stopping and swimming. I don't have to stop and gasp and freak out anymore. Like I used to when I first started swimming. So there is hope like have that knowing that it does take time, but there is hope you kind of practice a little bit of that too. That'll help. So like I said, break it down sit at the side of the pool practice without your arm having to worry about your arms and everything and where you're kind of feeling a little bit safe you know with your feet on the ground and the water and you don't have to worry about floating or anything it's probably probably going to help all right so a couple three weeks ago on may 9th eric had his first duathlon of the season and he went to the Bare Bones tri- Duathlon. He did not do it last year because just wasn't really ready for it. Um, but he did it the year before. And he found that, you know, the the running five times before he did his duathlon just wasn't enough. So this year he's really been training quite a bit. He had his, his duathlon in Phoenix uh, back in February, I think it was. And, or was it yeah end of february i think so and he did not too bad but he wasn't too happy with it just because the terrain was a little bit more challenging than he was expecting a lot more hills that for the run he wasn't ready for so his goal for this one he had some pretty pretty good goals and uh, i think he had a great race so we had a little chat about it afterwards so i'm going to plunk that in right now and uh we'll save My race report, and I got a race report from Todd and a couple more shout outs. I'll save those for the next show, which will be in a couple days. All right, so you'll have a glut of Kelowna Girl to listen to and catch up with. All right, okay, here is our bare bones race report for Eric's duathlon. All right, so hi, honey. Hi, honey. Everyone wants to know how your race went. The Bare Bones Duathlon. Try not to squeak that chair too much, okay?
3: Okay, I'll try not to squeak the chair too much. I'll try to remember the race because it's a week gone by now.
0: I know. I thought we recorded this and we didn't, so now we have to record it a week late. But that's okay because okay. you had an awesome race.
3: Should I sound excited because like as if I just finished it or something?
0: Well, are you happy you, uh, that you're with your race?
3: Oh, yeah. I was really happy with my race.
0: Then yes, you should sound excited. So why don't you take us through that day?
3: Okay. I don't know whether I can remember all the times. So. How
0: about the fact that we didn't stay overnight, and why not?
3: Why didn't we stay overnight? I don't know. Because, because the
0: race starts at 2 o'clock in the afternoon.
3: Oh, so we didn't need to stay overnight because we didn't have to get to the race course early or anything like that. Right. But the day did dawn in Kelowna as a kind of a overcast, chilly threatening rain day and that was a bit of a concern because I wasn't thrilled about riding in the rain Uh, just because of the slipperiness factor coming down McLean Creek Hill and as we approached uh, Penticton as we were driving down didn't improve much did it no it was pretty ugly all day yeah it was pretty ugly all day and we got to the race site at something like 12.30 or something I think because I still had to register, because I hadn't registered early. Because if the weather would have been really terrible, I might not have registered. But anyways, so we registered, and we got our bike into transition, and we were about the fifth bike there. I figured everybody else had chickened out, because the weather was really bad, but that wasn't the case.
0: They did have s- smaller-than-usual group, though, didn't they?
3: Yeah, I think there was 80 something. Grand total, wasn't there? 80-something.
0: And it's one of the BC BC championships too, isn't
3: it? Yep. I believe it is.
0: So lots of really, really nice bikes there.
3: Ooh, beautiful. Uh, Mine, even though it's a beautiful bike, wasn't one of the most beautiful, I'm afraid.
0: No, it makes your road bike look a little plain because there's lots of amazing time trial and triathlon bikes there.
3: Yeah. But, you know, still, you know, we on our bike still pass some of those bikes. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Anyways, okay, so, uh, bare bones du- duathlon. Um, started at precisely 2 o'clock. And my goal for the first 5K, and the runs are very, very flat, just about totally flat, flat. Uh, my goal for the first 5K was, what was it, 27? That's what I was hoping to make. Yeah. Twenty-seven was what I was shooting for, and uh, so I started running with that pace in mind. But everybody else was just going so much faster that I didn't want to run that pace because I would look like pretty silly back there, keeping my pace and looking like it, it was all planned to be the slowest guy in the group. And so,
0: th- and those guys are ama- some of them are amazingly fast, right? I mean, the first guys to win the five k, the first. Fastest 5K guys were doing 15, 16 minute 5Ks. Well,
3: Graham Hood was there. He's an Olympian. You know, so yeah, there are some very fast runners. So, anyways, I ended up doing uh, my first 5K. Was it under 26? Let me just check. (laughs) Do, 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 do. 25.52
0: 25.52 Yeah, I've
3: it got it set there at 25.52, 25.52, and that was, uh, yeah, that was my uh, my pace, so uh, yeah, so I was pretty happy with that, I was very happy with that, and then my transition, I think I worked out, it was what, a minute and a half or something? Yeah, it was quick. Yeah, there was no reason not to be quick, you know, I, all I had to do was throw my helmet off, get my cap on, and get my... Uh, oh, is that the opposite? <laughs> oh, yeah. Take,
0: put your helmet on and throw your running shoes off and put your... That no, no. Put them in silly. <laughs> I said it wrong, too. <laughs> we well, haven't been drinking. I think... No. <laughs> take your bike shoes off, but your running shoes on. No. See, I still
3: did it wrong. Crap. I'm here, lost. here, let me do my own interview, okay? You did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think you did it wrong twice.
0: T1, I, I, think I don't know what I've done though. Anyways... <laughs>
3: I took my running shoes off and put my bike shoes on. Yeah. Okay. And I even remembered to, you know, turn my uh, Garmin on, on the on the bike and everything like that. So that was cool. So then we're out on the course. We're heading now to Okanagan Falls and up McLean Creek and then back to uh, Penticton again, a 31.2-kilometer ride about. And uh, I was shooting along uh, Skaha, the lake, uh, not on the lake, but the road next to it. And uh, I actually passed a lot of people. I was flying. I I was averaging probably 32, 33, uh, heading to Okanagan Falls. And uh, the neat part, nobody passed me, and I, I passed a few people. And um, then when you get to McLean Creek, about 8 k's in, you don't turn to McLean Creek at that point. You keep going straight. But you had... That's where you start going up and down, and the riding starts getting tougher. So that's where the hard work started. And then you actually start climbing up to McLean Creek at about the um, 12-kilometer mark or so. And uh, then it's climb, 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 climb. And I passed about three or four people on the climb, too, so I was really happy with that. And then once you're at the top of McLean Creek, which is exactly halfway through the bike, then you start going down. And you can uh, average 40, 45 K all the way through there. And you can go faster if you want in in certain areas where it's steeper. Anyways, uh, you really work hard going up and then you get to relax and uh, fly coming down. I passed a person going down the hill too. So, and then you come down to the bottom of Clane Creek Hill and uh, you hang a right and you get back onto Skaha Road heading back to Penticton. And, and again, you have about 8K left. And I was really happy with my pace once again. Uh, there wasn't any wind to speak of and it was just constant uh, push, push, push. And I really did push. I never let off the whole way. I was in my aero bars the whole way. So I was really, really pleased <laughs> with the nature of my bike. There was no, no let down. I didn't tire out, I just pushed. Of course, in nagging, niggling thought in the back of my head is, what's going to happen when I get off my bike? Do will I have anything left for that last run? Because two years before, I I didn't have anything left, and I ended up plodding and doing that last run in like 31, 32 minutes, which is horrible. This time, I got off my bike, and uh, gee, my legs actually were willing to run, which was uh, kind of a thrill. Um, so I ran, so I ran, and there were about three people, I think, maybe f- four. Oh, but these are guys who were already running, faster guys who were already on their second or third lap. Come to think of it, yeah, but the run has three laps, yeah, right? yeah. I think there was a, still a couple of the people I passed on the bike who ended up passing me on the run. Uh, just because I'm not a really fast runner, but I'm much better than I was. And, and that's that was really pleasing. Even when I crossed the finish line at the very end, I had a good pace. My last lap was actually faster than my first two laps. Three th- there were three laps to each 5K segment, and my third lap at the very end was faster than my uh, first two. They, oh must
0: been, they must have been w- a one-mile loop then, eh? Because no. 5K is three miles.
3: No, no, no. no, no. 1.67. Because it's 5K.
0: No, like really, really, really close to a one-mile loop then.
3: Oh, one five mile. Because 5K is... Uh, 3.1, isn't it? Yeah, yeah so yeah. I guess you so. so that they're that. really one-mile loops. Yeah, I guess they are. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, so
0: you're running like uh, between eight, eight and a half and nine-minute miles?
3: Yeah, I guess I was. I guess I was. That's not too bad. Good job. That's so, excellent for you. It was. It was really good for me. And, and my time overall was uh, 157.09. And two years before, it was 205 something. So, so I chopped over, um, uh, what, eight minutes. How about, yeah, over eight minutes off my time. I was really pleased the big change of course was I actually prepared a little by running this time I, my run was much better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like you,
0: you've had a few running races this spring um, well one last fall and one in the spring and you've been running kind of almost regularly now um, at least twice a week most of the well anyway since for the last few months not all through the winter you didn't run in the snow but you once the weather was better you've been running more often right
3: yeah yeah, that's right. And uh I've even found that running, I think it strengthened my legs to even improve my biking because my bike was about a minute and a half better than 2 years ago, too. Yeah. So everything everything was good. Excellent. I I was really pleased with it all.
0: Yeah. Did mm-hmm. you uh, did you win in your age group or anything?
3: Uh I can't remember, did I?
0: I actually can't remember either. <laughs> but just no, uh, di- knowing that your age is no, there must out not out be three. very many people I was two out
3: of three. Two out of three. Remember the guy who beat me? He was Wessel. Oh,
0: and I remembered that there is no prize for second place at that stupid race. Yeah. They only get praise, prizes for first place at that race, which sucks. Usually, most places give it for first, second, and
3: third. It was okay, though, but I got a door prize. Mm-hmm. I got a, I got a door prize. I got a pair of tights, you know? Yeah,
0: an, a nice pair of running yeah. tights, really nice.
3: Yeah. Nice pair of running tights, so that's cool. Two years ago, I got my, my cap. So this year I got running tights, so even though I don't win very much, I uh, I clean up when it comes to door prizes.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And the guy who beat you is sort of a pretty amazing athlete. The guy who came in first is he not I mean, and his son is, oh so yeah. I'm going to think he is.
3: I'm sure if you looked at his history, he's been an athlete all his life. Mm-hmm. I think that's the family the nature of the family. Yeah. Yeah, and he was he was good. Like, mine was, what, 157. I think he was in the 143 area or something like that. Anyways, he was in the mid-140s. So.
0: And and most of the time when people are beating you, it's more to do with the run than the bike. Were You you weren't able to get splits from that, other than your own data, though. They don't show splits on their race results, do they?
3: No. No, you have to... I know my splits, but I don't know anybody else's splits.
0: That's kind of too bad, because it's always so cool to be able to uh, to compare
3: to compare your splits yeah I'd like to know where I am on the bike well I think because I think I have a good bike I I have a a good bike run and uh, my uh, running is improving a whole lot too like my goal for next year is to chop another mm, three minutes or so four minutes three four minutes off the run and I'd like to get another minute off the bike
0: Three minutes f- for each run, or no, oh. no
3: combined. If I can, I can do a one and a half or two minutes t- faster per.
0: So, are you second. thinking like sub twenty five?
3: I'm thinking of a twenty five certainly for the first run, yeah. and then, uh, yeah, and that that'll knock uh, n- a minute off that one, and then uh, probably two minutes off the second one. Take three minutes off, four minutes, and on one minute off the run. So I would hope next year I'll improve by four minutes.
0: And so how do you plan to do that? What is your pl- training plan?
3: Uh, the biggest of part of that is running. Okay, I'm not planning on a, on really pushing the bike a whole lot more. I think if I run, I think my legs will be stronger and I think the bike will come.
0: So you're just planning just to run more than you've been running?
3: Yep. And work doing some speed work as well mm-hmm. so that I have that another gear. Because I still don't have really another gear.
0: Well, you do. You just don't use it. It's called low gear, <laughs> slow. You haven't done any LSDs.
3: <laughs> How do you know? Oh, LSDs.
0: <laughs> Long slow distance. You could run slow if you wanted to, but you just only run fast. No, I don't run fast.
3: That's the whole thing. I want it faster. No,
0: but I'm saying. I don't you run said slower. you. No, no, no. But I'm saying. You said you only have one speed, right? I'm saying. That's slow. N- well. Relatively speaking to other people's running, your fast is slow, right? Yep. But you run your fastest every time you run as opposed to, see, most people run, they're slow, and then they run medium, and then they run fast. But you, when you run, all you do is, you're
3: fast. I want to do medium and fast. I don't want I, to. want. Are saying I
0: don't, wanna, say I don't I, believe you have I'm only one old. speed.
3: I don't have time to run slow. i got to go medium and fast. I don't have time to waste on slow.
0: And if you're going to be doing, like, if your goal is to do uh, 5Ks and to win those kind of races and to do better speed, that's what you need to do. If you want to run marathons and half marathons, you need to do some long, slower distances, too.
3: Well, and we are going to do marathons and half marathons and stuff.
0: So what's your next race?
3: Oh, it's not really a race, but it's, uh, we're doing the century at the end of the month, right? I'm doing the century at the end of the month, the bike.
0: Oh, the biking one. Yeah,
3: yeah. That's a sort okay.
0: of a fun thing. But what's your next race race?
3: Then in June, um, and I don't know what the date of it is. Do you know the date of the and Xterra?
0: Yeah, it's the last, it's the same day as as the Scorch Soul. It's so the last Sunday of th- of June.
3: Okay, last Sunday in June, I'm going to go in the and Xterra, which is a run bike run again on, on the trails. So... That That's my next race. So I'm gonna do, so I'm are you doing the short
0: co- short course or long course? F- and that's a duathlon. Are you doing short or long course? I'll do, I'll do
3: short course this time. Uh, and I think next year I can probably do long course. But this year I'm still short course material until my running improves.
0: Okay. That sounds okay. great. And then you've got a half marathon coming up for fun?
3: Yeah, which one? Uh, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah that's going to be fun. We're going to run across uh, what you call it bridge, Golden Gate, and uh, in the fog, so we won't see anything, but we'll still be there.
0: Who are you going to ru- be running next to?
3: I'm running a- next to Colonica.
0: Oh, that means he'll have to use his other speed, which will be slow.
3: <laughs> oh, can I can I go forward and back and forward and back like I do sometimes?
0: No, because it's like thir- 30,000 people running or something like that. It's too crowded. He wouldn't find you once you went forward and back.
3: Well, you could wear something really fluorescent so I could find you.
0: No, because if you leave, I'm going to hide, and you won't be able to find me because I will be hiding from you because I'll be pissed off. I
3: mean, annoyed. Oh, you will. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to run with you.
0: (laughs) You The thing is, what you have to decide is ahead of time, are you going to run with me or not? If you say you're going to run with me, I'm expecting you to run with me. If you say you're not, then I'm going to run alone or I'll find somebody to run with me. So you can decide if you want to experience a fun half marathon, a fun race, and, and go, oh, look at that place, and oh, look at that, and let's look at this, look at the bridge, and, and be able to experience it together. And if you want to have that that joy of racing, running with your wife and not worrying about a specific time, then... I think I've, Do you think I've couched this properly? Or if you want to just leave, go off, run by yourself beat me, I don't really care because I'm going to be having fun, and let me, leave me to run the streets of San Francisco all alone and lonely in a strange city, then you can.
3: You won't be alone, but you can still be lonely in a crowd, can't you? Yes, you can. Oh. Well, maybe, maybe, okay, why, unless changes happen, I will run with you.
0: What's changes happen?
3: Well, unless we end up meeting somebody who wants to, you know, run the same pace as you or whatever. Oh,
0: there's lots of people that would run with me, I'm sure. That's not the point. Uh,
3: What's the point?
0: (laughs) Well, so what if other people that we meet want to join, run with us that aren't going to do it for racing and just want to meet up and have a fun run together? They could still join us and we would still have fun together, right? Yeah. I mean, let's face it, Eric. This is not like a PR kind of race. It's a busy, crowded race that's lots of hills and... It's not Hold like on. we're going to be able to
3: Hold it, now. Mm-hmm. it is a PR for me. This, this is my first Why? This is my first half marathon.
0: Yeah, so my point is no, when I say PR, it's not like where you're going to ever get your best time ever, right? That's right. Because I mean, you've run you've run the distance. You haven't run an official race, but you've run the distance. And so whatever you get on this will be a PR because it's your first race, so it doesn't even matter what you get, right? But it's not like you're going to be able to run like it wouldn't be a good race to BQ on if you were starting out or something because it's so hilly
3: that's right I, and and that's the main reason I'm not going to try BQing
0: <laughs> he doesn't even know what BQ means <laughs> and besides you don't BQ on a half marathon anyways but I was just kind of actually there are some I think there are some half marathons you can BQ on if I'm not mistaken I could be wrong I don't know not something I'm ever gonna do. Anyways, okay, we're gonna go on way too long here. So, do you have any yes. l- parting moments, parting words before I hang up? Parting moments? Yeah. Well, you know me and nouns. I know. Okay,
3: go. Um, uh, no, I I don't have anything else to say. I don't think. Are you happy? I'm I'm happy. I's okay. I've had three races this year. The first one, Arizona. I guess I was kind of down after that one. I didn't do as well as I thought. And then when I did the ten k run here in Cologne, I was happy with that one. Like it's coming on. And then this race here was sort of uh confirmation that, that yeah, my, my running is improving and, and I'm pretty pleased with how the year's going so far. So that's that. Goodbye.
0: Excellent. Sorry, I started pulling the microphone away when I thought he was finished. All right. Well thank you very much for that update, Colonna Gray. I know that everybody out there will be super happy to hear what uh you have how your race went and everything. And I guess while you're just don't move for a second I just sign out here I'm just going to say if you want to get a hold of me it's Girl at gmail.com K-E-L-O-W-N-A-G-U-R-L dot com that is actually the link to my blog which will get you to all the various places you can find me and of course you can email me at gmail.com which is what I actually meant to say the first time and uh, if you want to follow me on Facebook or join the Facebook group links to all that stuff is on the blog all right, so I will try hard to get another episode out next week because i still got more things to say. Hard to believe, eh? All right, bye-bye. Have a good week. The
4: sun must set to rise